In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, LLS, will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. Stepping on the beach, the only place to read your emails and tweets. It's Monday, June 8th, and we're already on the beach. This is crazy. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, leaving footprints in the sand, Tass Mellis. Mmm, that sand feels so good between my toes. What's up, Tassie? We also got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Ayo! 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 The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. And last but not least, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are, as always. Thanks to everybody who sent in questions. Y'all are the best. Keep them coming. No dunks at theathletic.com or tweet them in at no dunks inc or use that hashtag no dunks. And before we get to the cues, I just wanted to address a few things here. One huge shout out from the no dunks fam to everybody out there continuing to fight the good fight. It has been Damn inspiring to see the sheer number of people out there protesting against racial injustice, people donating money to organizations trying to make a change, people using their platforms to educate others, photos and quotes and links to support the black community. Keep at it, guys. It's awesome to see. Secondly, I wanted to thank everybody who reached out to us on Friday uh, and over the weekend, wondering if we, No Dunk, still had a job. We obviously do. We're here with the podcast on a Monday. Sadly, though, the athletic... They did lay off, I guess it was 46 people late last week, and this included a number of journalists in our little NBA bubble, as well as some of our friends and colleagues in the podcasting game. So we're thinking of them today, wishing them good luck. You know, I'm talking Rob and Gina and Brett and Mike and Andre and Pete and so on. So all very, very talented people. We're thinking of them, and uh, I don't think it'll be long uh, until people like them all have jobs because they're that that good. But uh, that was a bit of a bummer in what was already one hell of a week. Um, so we're sending our best uh, to all of them. Yeah, that's exactly right. And like you're saying, Skeets, it was a long, long week, but I feel the optimism a little bit in your voice today, and I think that that is well-founded based on the events over the weekend. We see peaceful protests all across America. We see the defund the police movement starting mm-hmm. to gain traction. It feels uh, like things have changed incrementally for the better compared to last Monday. All right, let's jump in here with the first email around the beach today. I'm sure we'll jump on it a little bit later this week, so continue to get your great emails in, nodunks at theathletic.com. Hello, no dunkelbergs. 
with the NBA bringing only 22 of the 30 teams to Orlando, I thought it would be a fun idea for the 22 teams to rent a player from the Delete 8, as John Hollinger calls those eight teams that aren't coming. It's a great line from Hollinger. Even though there is no way they would actually do it, just imagine having Draymond Green on the Jazz, Zach Levine on the Sixers, and Derrick Rose on the Lakers. Who do you want to see loaned to another team for two months? Greetings from the Philippines. That email is from Buddy. Great suggestion, Buddy. I see people doing it. There's an article on The Athletic. A few of the uh, the writers did that as well, drafting from those eight teams that aren't coming. But I don't think we should draft stars. Yeah, okay. Steph Curry, he's going to be drafted number one. Let's stick to role players a little bit further down the uh, the hierarchy on teams. Who do you want to see from the eight teams that aren't coming in Orlando? Skeet, start with you. Okay, yeah, I, li- I like that. Uh, I like that idea. You can't go superstars here. It's a little too easy. But that is a fun uh, fun column, like you said, an expansion draft over at the Athletic. Go check that out uh, with Steph going number one, and then you can see who goes after that. Um, well, here, here's where I'm going with this. We all know that the Jazz lost uh, Boyan Bogdanovich while the league was under shutdown. Um, he and the team decided he should get season-ending surgery on his wrist. You know, that doesn't really seem fair, I think, to the Jazz, and they've had it pretty rough already with the uh, coronavirus scare um, and what's going on between Gobert and Mitchell and that whole team. So I thought we could try and replace Bogdanovich um, with someone from the, the Delete 8, uh, which is such a great name. So... We're looking for a big forward here, you know, that can, well, try and give you 20 points per game or is at least a fantastic three-point shooter, maybe has a knack for hitting big shots. Um, Bogdanovich having a couple game winners under his belt this season. So if we can't go stars, that means you can't go Towns and you probably can't even go Kevin Love um, and give them, give, give them to the Jazz. So I'll go a little deeper. And uh, Trey, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. What about a couple Bulls players? I think you could go... Either Otto Porter, who did return from injury uh, right before you know we got had the shutdown, he had two or three really decent games in, in, in the five games he played. He had some stinkers too, and and you could go Otto Porter or you could go Lowry Markkinen um, from the Bulls. I think that's sorry, Skeets. The rules are no stars. <laughs> uh, well, I think a Porter or a Markkinen, I, I you know I I could see that uh, they could some maybe maybe uh, fill the role of a Bogdanovich. So that's where I'm going. That's my thinking with this. I never thought I'd see the day. I guess it takes having eight teams removed from the NBA playoff picture for Skeets to want to see Otto Porter come yeah. back and play basketball. But you're yeah. right in the perfect uh, stratosphere of guys we're looking at. And, you know, Otto, he's had some stretches. And, you know, as a Bulls fan, I can't believe I've talked myself into rooting for Otto Porter. So I suppose it happens to everybody at some point uh, in their lives. Um, another guy I would throw in the mix uh, let Vince Carter pick a team. Like, we're not Ooh. sure. It seems like his career is going to be over. He intended to retire at the end of the season. The Hawks season is coming to an end. Uh, so let Vince pick a team once we actually get to the playoff stage of uh, what's going down in Orlando. He gets to choose. Um, they can use him as much as they want. You know, he was playing basically 15 minutes a game for the Hawks this season. He could get 10 to 15 minutes on a few different playoff teams. And if he picks the right one, he ends his career with a ring. Which team do you think he would pick? He wouldn't pick Raptors? one. Raptors? He wouldn't pick one, Tess? Yeah, Raps, maybe. I don't know. What, you don't <laughs> yeah, think he'd pick one, eh, Tess? He's not, he's not a ring-chasing man. No. That's I, true. I, that's just not how he is. But if you want to go to the Raptors, the Raptors obviously would open arms, bring him back, even if he was just on the bench cheering on. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be 
I love this idea. This is a great idea, Trey. Just let him pick. <laughs> Everyone be. be I, th- I feel like every team would be cool with it too. <laughs> I'm like, also now yeah, looking at okay. the teams that are going to be in the playoffs or at least vying for the playoffs, and it feels like Vince has already played for half of these teams at some point in his yeah. career. Like you could dig yeah. out a Raptors. Vince Carter jersey, Annette's Vince Carter, Orlando Magic, Dallas Mavericks, Memphis Grizzlies, uh, even the Suns, Sacramento yeah. Kings, if you really want to go back for it. The Suns, you're right, Lee. So, wow. yeah, pull out all of those Vince Carter jerseys, let him pick one, and roll with the team for the rest of the season. But he does have to wear his vintage jersey. Yeah, yeah. I want to I get another ruling on another Hawks player. I want to know if he's a star. Is John Collins a star, Tass? Hmm... Or would he have counted in this uh, exercise? Because I was thinking about him for the Jazz, too, when I was yeah, obviously trying to find a big... Yeah, you can okay. He hasn't gotten an all-star quite yet. Okay. I mean, if you look at the draft that was done on The Athletic, you can see why the Delete Eight are the Delete Eight. There's <laughs> yep. not a ton of stars on those teams. Even even Lowry Markinen, who... A lot, of, a lot of hope for that guy. And, and I think it kind of went under the radar. I think he was talking to Finnish media during the hiatus here, and he complained about Jim Boylan, who said... Listen, you're not going to get as many touches this year, but uh, you know if you want touches, go get defensive rebounds and get those, and, and that'll add up to your touches. Markin is mad; he's angry, and I think he's a guy sort of like John Collins that can he can be a star. He can get there. He'll get there hopefully with yeah. a, with a new coach. But uh, not a ton of stars on these eight teams. There's no. Steph. There's Trey Young. There's Kevin Love. I think you got to include him there. But then there's. I think there's a drop off after that when you look at it. Yeah, him. I didn't like in that draft Mitchell Robinson went like sixth or mm-hmm. something. And I like Mitchell Robinson, don't get me wrong, but you're like, whoa, he's going that high in this uh quote unquote expansion draft. That's you're right, Tass. There's you know, especially when Clay's out and there are some injuries and stuff like that. Willie, you got some? Well, yeah, I was just gonna add I went like really off the board as far as not a star. This guy's actually had a pretty good season under the radar because he plays for the Hawks. But I think he'd be actually decent on a, on a team is Kevin Huerta. I love saying his name for one, but uh, he had a couple of big shots this season. Like, And he's a good three-point shooter, reasonable defender. I think on a team like the Sixers, they could always use a little bit more shooting on that second unit. Um, you know, someone like him could thrive in a situation like this because you can't leave him open. He's going to hit those shots. And, um, you know, in, in the playoffs, having a valuable three-point shooter and a guy who's shown... That he's not, you know, in, the, in those big moments, he's not afraid. Uh, could be handy to have just on, in your back pocket there. I'll throw another guy in there with uh, some Spanish roots, just like Kevin Huerta. Uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez, who's a member of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Not so much for his play, wherever he would end up. I don't really care where he ends up, but more because you could hear him on the broadcast cheering from the bench, I think. I think he would add the element of cheering because uh, he's a guy that gets up for his teammates and the Nuggets didn't really want to trade him to the Minnesota Timberwolves, but they felt they had to, I think with uh, Malik Beasley, they had to save some money sending those two guys mm-hmm. over to, to the Wolves. So bring back Wancho. Also bring back Kai Bowman of the Golden State Warriors, who, well, that's what I asked every time I tune into a Golden State Warriors game this year, <laughs> the guy with the blonde hair, the blonde tips. Um, but I put in so much work watching the Golden State Warriors in late games and Kai Bowman <laughs> running the point that I want to see it pay off in the playoffs. So give me a Kai Bowman. Also wow. a great name to say. Give him some uh, give him some backup minutes at the point guard spot for one of these teams. Sure, eh? Maybe, maybe even a there. third guard. Yeah, throw him on there. All right, great answers, guys. Next one. Good morning, sweet pocket doggers. As a Lakers fan, it can sometimes be hard to look at the team objectively. So I was wondering if you guys could chime in on my most recent basketball pondering. Is this the best group of defenders LeBron has ever had? 
And if so, do you think the Lakers will emerge as the best defensive team during the postseason? I feel like this is an easy hell yeah, but maybe I'm just a homer. <laughs> Love you guys. Keep up the great work. Uh, Wilkerson ends his email with a hashtag defense wins championships. So uh, an interesting question. I guess there's really two questions there. Is this the best group of defenders LeBron has ever had around him? And will the Lakers be the best defensive team during the postseason? Yeah, I'll, I'll tackle the first one first there. And because I, when, I, when this question came in, I thought this will be an interesting one to research. Turns out it wasn't actually that interesting because LeBron's pretty much <laughs> been the best defender on his teams for his entire career. And he's never really had super lockdown defenders. His best years were clearly in Miami where he had Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. You know, Chris Bosh is a perennially underrated defender. But I went back a little bit further there. In those early Cleveland years, you know, it was Zydrunas Algaskas, Larry Hughes and uh, Drew Gooden. I mean, yeah. Not terrible defenders, but certainly no none of those guys you would sort of look at and think they were, you know, superstar defenders. And even the defensive ratings over the years, his best year was in Cleveland in, in 0809 when they had Ben Wallace. But I, I even then I don't think Ben Wallace was the sort of defender he was when he was defensive player of the year. He was still good and he had an impact. But clearly it was it was basically LeBron when he decided to lock in. So um, yeah, looking at this Lakers team this season, they have had the best defense or certainly in the top three you know, it sort of moves around a little bit there for most of the season. I think largely it's because of Anthony Davis. Uh, LeBron, of course, is still good. He's not as good as he was. But then you look at the other guys, you know, Danny Green, Avery Bradley, Contavious at times. Okay, okay. Um, so I, I would say the answer is probably um, yes, actually, to both. I think they yeah. certainly have the, the potential. Oh, to both? Wow. I, I think they have the... the- why the Bucks were like significantly better? Yeah, but but remember the Lakers early on were the best defensive team in the league as well. And and when you've got Dwight Howard coming off the bench, they've got a secondary sort of defensive impact guy there as well. So I think potentially they could be. Mm. Um, and, and and again, it it sort of starts with LeBron there leading. But Anthony Davis is likely to finish no lower than sort of second or third in defensive player of the year this season. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the answer is um, yes to the first one and, and possibly, you know, maybe to the second one as well. So, you know, researching this, I thought going back, he's had to have had played with a, a better unit around him. But I, I totally agree. Anthony Davis is the best defensive big man he's ever played with. And that's no shot at Chris Bosh. But uh, Chris Bosh came on in the playoffs and was huge for them when they won that, that first title with the Heat. Um, um and the second title, especially, actually, I, I I always forget about that 2012 title. The 2012 title doesn't really he came around in the 2013 uh, playoffs. But yeah, all those other guys around Shane Battier was around too, but he was playing. Uh, you know, those minutes didn't really count. I guess what you can say is that LeBron was better defensively back then and was ready to lock in. But yeah, Dwight Howard in 20 minutes a game with Anthony Davis with a little KCP and Danny Green, who's on the wrong side, but still very very good. Avery Bradley still in his prime. I would go with this team as his best defensive unit. Yeah, everybody yeah. brings something to the table. There's not a lot of negative defenders. Like, even Danny Green, he's not at the height of his powers, but he's kind of hailed as a mythically great fast-break defender, right? It's the difference yeah. also of, you know, Ben Wallace's starting games playing alongside LeBron when he's in the twilight of his career. Dwight Howard is playing 20 minutes coming off the bench, uh, and, you know, that's a lot better use of a former defensive player of the year's talents for sure to lock down things when you know the slightly worse offensive players are on the court as well definitely um 
the best defenders LeBron's ever had. But I would agree with you, Skeets. The Bucks were head and shoulders, really, above the Lakers even defensively throughout yeah. the season. Even during the last 15, 20 games of the season, they were probably four points per possession better than the Lakers defensively. And a lot of that is that they're playing against worst offenses. But still, uh, the Bucks have so many big guys who can move and defend the rim and make things tough on the outside. They're probably still going to be there. I, I imagine defenses are going to look pretty good after uh, the shutdown has ended and we're back to playing basketball just because the offenses won't be in rhythm and it's a lot easier to kick things up defensively. So those are the two teams, but I still got the Bucks a little bit ahead. Yeah, I think the Raptors are right there with the uh, Lakers as well in terms of just uh, how locked in and how much they can switch and how many just amazing defenders they have on that roster i think they're right there with the lakers i think the bucks are significantly better because yeah Giannis is way better way better than lebron james at this point in their careers defensively um and then brooke lopez was getting a lot of love for even defensive player of the year what he his impact defensively and how they run their defensive system what he does there being the big guy in the middle and deterring shots and then eric bledsoe is an incredible uh guard defender and and even middleton is not you know he's he's almost like in the he's a better probably Danny Green at this point because he's a bit younger. Um, the playoff the playoff Eric Bledsoe those are different different players. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. I I, I hear what you're saying, Lee. It could yeah. it's a possibility for that second one. No yeah, doubt. Yeah. No doubt. No, uh, I, 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 I mean there's no question the Bucks were, were great this season, but I don't think it was that significantly different. Myself, I thought I think the Lakers were pretty close when they chose to be. You know, but mm-hmm. they they definitely started the season off much better the Lakers and they cooled off a little bit. But again, I sort of feel that they have the ability to lock in, um, you know, in, in the playoffs. I mean, they, they were just a completely different team this season, and it started, I think, on the defensive end early on. Yeah, but hands down, agree with you guys, by far LeBron's best defensive team, the mm. people around him on the Lakers. I think it's easily by far the best. All right, next email here. Happy 53 days until basketball. It's true. With the uh-huh. return happening in Orlando, sans fans. How about this? Each seat has a fan cutout. A fan can purchase of themselves with all proceeds, not just profits, going to a split of COVID and social justice charities. This guy wants a cardboard cutout in the seats, and it's actually been done. The Bundesliga, Germany, tried this, and Bo Russia, Monch and Gladbach fans. (laughs) Excuse me? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Purchased 12,000 cutouts. I went and looked at this. It looks so weird (laughs) (laughs) but there's cutouts i guess there's no waist down i think the cutouts are just sort of sitting there uh torso and a head and sort of arms sitting there in seats uh for 30 bucks this emailer would be happy to make the donation to potentially see himself keep up the good fight that's from paul well, yeah, I mean, this is something we sort of, I guess, jokingly a little bit, but we something we sort of discussed already. I'm 100% in on this. I think people absolutely would pay 30, 50 bucks, whatever, if they, even if just they know their faces in the stand somewhere, I think is very funny. Um, and, and maybe, like, you could pay even more and, like, well, you could get really crazy with it. Like, you could pay more and have, uh, I don't know, Chris Paul go and take a little photo with your cutout beside <laughs> you or something like that. You know, you, that's the VIP treatment or something. But to raise money, absolutely. I'm all in on that. Um, I do think you have to remember, though, these facilities they're going to be playing in are much smaller um, than the normal arenas that these that these teams are usually playing in. I think the biggest arena on campus is the, is the new one. The arena uh, is all it's called. And it has a capacity of just 8,000. And then the other one's like 5,000. And then there's an even smaller one that I believe is like less than 1,500. 
um, in terms of attendance. So they're pretty small little gyms here. So what I'm saying is crank up those prices. If they're doing $30 for 12,000 cutouts in this soccer stadium, it's going to be way more supply and demand, baby. But uh, I'm all in. I'm, and we're doing it. it. Like I hope we could pay to sit together, though, guys. Um, <laughs> like link link us together. But I love it. Oh yeah, I think this is a, an awesome idea. I do think that there should be some civically minded part of the NBA's return because what they're doing is inherently risky. So donating to COVID charities, donating to Black Lives Matter charities. Yep. I think would be incredible. And I mean, you're exactly right, Skeets. If this happens in any way, shape, or form, we're doing it. It's just a matter of like how much we're going to spend on it. Because if there's tiers to this, right? Like maybe 30 bucks, you get your cutout. It stays there. 50 bucks, you get a picture. Chris Paul will take a picture with your cutout. Specifically, Chris Paul. It's got to be him. But for 100 bucks, they'll mail it to you after the whole season oh. is done. I mean, there's a whole, there's a lot of different levels you could take this. And they're all a good idea. I would just hate to be the guy who has to go... Uh... Put them in each seat, one by one. Just throwing, <laughs> throwing them in there. But hey, everybody needs a job. Why the heck not? Um, it makes sense. Would, would there be a, like a psychological impact on the players seeing fans <laughs> sort of in the stands? We well, know. I guess I guess it depends if you if you're doing a pose with your cutout, you know, like if you're up cheering or if you you know like if you if you if there's a team you're really going against, and you want to be in the stand, you want to be booing them, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. like you have your thumbs down, like boo, like that that's the uh, cutout that you send in. I mean, that's what they should do just to make it so it's a little bit more, you know, a little bit more real, you know. <laughs> yeah, some Bundesliga what? ones. There, there's it not sounds much like happening. you want uh, you want somebody, some employee behind your cutout, moving your arm up and down, like little, uh, little no, stick I'm just, attached to it. Two hundred fifty like bucks, you get a swivel head, and the, yeah, yeah. the workers will turn it from happy to sad depending on how your team is doing. <laughs> yeah, you need. Yeah, that's what. Like you imagine the Philadelphia crowd. You know, they're always booing and jeering. So whenever they're playing, they're going to want uh, up the other end of the court some fans that are like got a you know an angry look on their face they're trying to put the other team off so i don't know there has to be some way of not making everyone just sitting there smiling politely because that's not a real nba game <laughs> that's true. Well, Lee, lee's definitely got his photo that he's sending it with the two thumbs up so. <laughs> oh he's cheering. yeah 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 that's out. fine yeah yeah I've, I've got my pose i'm a happy guy i'm a positive guy you know i'm just saying like not everyone is you know especially in philadelphia yeah, but how many uh, how many jerseys are you going to be wearing on your cutout? Oh, yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah, that because that, that, that cardboard cutout guy is going to have to be on the, on the go that day. I'm like, listen, this team's winning, leave it on. But if they're losing, rip it off and get the other one on there, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we love this idea. This is, uh, this is fantastic, Paul. Um, and hopefully we see something like this, especially if all the money uh, raised is going to good causes, no doubt. As right, long next as... One. Okay. As long as the arenas are full, though, as well. Like, if you can pick which game your uh, your cutout is at, there may be a shortage at, let's say, you know, a, an Orlando game. No offense, Magic, but let you know if there's empty seat, maybe there's going to be empty seats there. But you're, but you're right, Skeets. The, the small arenas, it'll probably be full. It'll probably be full. Yeah, I think we're. Uh... We're also probably um, hoping for a little too much when we're thinking they're going to be changing the cutouts between the games, oh, <laughs> between teams. I think if they do this, you'll have to pay a certain amount and then like you're there. Your cutout is in that seat and it, they tell you what seat it is and maybe you can see it on TV. But it'd be really funny for 
like the broadcast to use too like because they could always like you could just like go to the crowd every once in a while uh, which would be hilarious and just even go into like commercial breaks just to see if you can find yourself i think it'd just be a nice little wrinkle to the broadcast mm-hmm. Tass would be pausing it for sure right trying to mm-hmm. see who's there oh i know that person yeah, yeah i love pausing a regular playoff game seeing who got the good see, yeah. seeing what, what suits got down there in the good seats. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the Bundesliga right now. I think I see Danny LaRue. Uh, who else is here? I think Danny, LaBru- La- Danny LaRue bought a cutout. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dave DeFore. He's, he's there. Oh, I see him. All right. Yep. Yep. Amazing. Yep. Seen, okay. seen a lot of the athletic staff. All right. Next one. Hi, no dunkers. What's your take on home court advantage for this forthcoming bubble NBA playoffs? Teams like the Nuggets, for example, thrive on playing in Denver. But now with a neutral site and no fans, will this have a psychological impact on the pressure players face and the outcomes of games? Kind regards, that's from John. Again, something we've been talking about for a little while, but what do you think, Tess? Johnny, I think these are uh, they're definitely more like road games for both teams in each game. It's not your locker room. It's not your workout facilities. You wake up in a hotel, all that stuff. Mm, yeah. uh, so I think good road teams in the NBA this season, it's going to translate that. That's going to translate to uh, Orlando. But I think Denver... They're going to be fine. They've actually improved on the road historically. Think, oh, great home team. Not so good on the road, but they've kind of balanced that out. I'm sure it wasn't planned, but I think it, it'll actually work out better for those splits uh, to be for them to have that going into this scenario. I think the two teams you probably worry about, good at home, not so good on the road, are the 76ers uh, and the Miami Heat, great at home, but can't seem to muster that same sort of feel on the road. Um, but maybe they'll play in the first round of the playoffs and that advantage or disadvantage will go out the door uh, because they could definitely line themselves up at the four or five. But those, I, I would worry about those, uh, those two teams if I'm a fan of one of those squads going into uh, Orlando. Yeah, I'm actually, I, I, I don't think this is going to have as much impact on the teams and the players as much as this could have on the referees. I think this is going to be the fascinating part to me. Like we, we know there is that human element to a referee being swayed let's say by a by a home crowd maybe you're calling this bang bang play you know for the home team um but you remove all that how do the referees like do they call a better game so to speak uh, are they affected um that's what i find I'm, I'm like fascinated to see um their job and if it's either more difficult or much easier and what impact that has on on the outcome of the game but yeah this is uh who knows i mean like doc Rivers said it's like i like what he said like who wins the weight so who won the weight in terms of actually playing here and then who can like power through this very weird environment it's gonna be strange speaking of other strange things david McMenamin had a report at espn about the different ideas that teams have been having to give higher seated teams a home court advantage of some sort, you know, to be like, maybe we should get possession of the ball at the beginning of every quarter. Maybe some of our players get seven fouls instead of six fouls. But my favorite was uh, that the higher seated teams should get dibs on their hotel room because <laughs> seems to me like, you know, you rent a lake house with a bunch of friends and whoever gets there wants to get the best room. I just yep. can't believe that that's a thing that's really happening with NBA <laughs> players. But I guess they are kind of all going uh, to a lake house together. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's crazy. How is that even written down? That the hotel, the hotel, sure. I think the hotel is possible, but seven fouls. We're just gonna change yeah. the rules. And what? Oh, the, but wasn't there a possibility of one guy doesn't even foul out? You can pick a guy 
I think McMenamin <laughs> wrote this too. Pick a guy on your roster that doesn't foul out. You just let him rip. You just let LeBron rip. Or Anthony Davis, he might hack, so keep him well, in the Dwight. game. Dwight will Dwight. pick up 12 fouls pretty quickly, so maybe, yeah. maybe he's the guy you do. But, yeah, it's uh, it's weird why they would, would want to change the rules. I, I don't think any of those things are going to happen. I mean, no. and the hotel stuff seems also pretty meaningless, to be honest. I mean, like, I understand there'll be some better rooms and some better places, but is that really going to have a significant impact on your performance? I mean, I don't know. Uh, fine gets a room without a bath. <laughs> well, that's true, yeah. yeah, yeah. How's your performance, JD, with well, no Lee, bath? Yeah, Lee. Terrible. I mean, you're one to talk. You're like the first thing you do when we're in Vegas for a long time is call down and get a microwave sent up to your room. So like, yeah, but well. I mean, I'm not complaining about the room. I don't care about the room though. I'm just, I just need my little amenities, you know. And you I, sleep I, in I, the microwave. <laughs> no, as long as there's enough room for a bar three workout for two, um, and you know, I have my oatmeal in the morning, it's fine. Because I'm just, I'm not going down to spend forty five dollars on an all you can eat buffet every morning. I mean, that's just well, buffets are done, man. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Okay, so everyone's going to probably start hitting me up. So what's your tactics? What's your plans? How do you get the food in there? The, the, now, that might be what it comes down to is who gets the microwave first, you know? Right, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The hotel microwave. Yeah. It's not like they're going to have, you know, 1,500 microwaves, man. Yeah, no, no. And the scam on those bar fridges as well that they uh, that they hit you with, 25 bucks a day. I'm like, 25 bucks a day to rent a fridge? I mean... <laughs> Get out of here. I wish you started flying with your own fridge and microwave when we went to Vegas. <laughs> you should have done that. <laughs> All right, next yeah. email here. Hi, No Dunks. My wife and I are the couple that initially met due to a wedgie years ago. There was two people at a bar. They emailed this in. They said they were watching a Raptors game, I believe. I don't know if it was a playoff game, but DeMar DeRozan, Rose, shot, wedged it. And these two people yelled out, wedgie, at the same time. <laughs> they weren't there together. They started talking. Eventually, they're married. This is crazy. Last year, they got married, <laughs> and our one-year anniversary just passed. After one year, the question from Morgan and Chelsea here, what did each of you learn about marriage? Crazy story. Trey, what did you learn about marriage after one year? Yeah, I was thinking of some really romantic things after I saw this question come in. I was like, you know, you want somebody who's going to let you be yourself or you want somebody uh, who's going to be down for an adventure. But, you know, if we're talking about marriage, I had to ask my wife. And so I said to Laura, what what did you learn or what did I learn after being married for a year? And her first answer, zero thought at all. You learn to close the shower curtain so that mold doesn't grow on the inside of it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess we we have different views on what things are important, but I did learn that because she started explaining it. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that that actually happens. I didn't even really realize it could still happen, but I close that shower curtain every time I get out of it. It's, it's a good little life hack to know, that's mm-hmm. for sure. I, I I'll go next. I didn't learn anything, honestly. Absolutely nothing, but... That's maybe because I had a sort of a, a, not a weird situation, but I had been with Nora for so long before I was technically married. So, it, like, nothing changed. It was, you know, we went to the courtroom, Pinky T. Tumor got us uh, married with 10 other people or 100 <laughs> other couples, whatever it was, and then uh, got a piece of paper and went about our day. You know, it was the same thing. So, I didn't learn anything, but it's, uh, uh, you know, different for everyone, of course. 
Yeah, I, I, um, I've been married 13 years this year, so it was a little tough to go back to 2007 and remember exactly that first year. But I'll just say uh, over the years, it's just it, it continually evolves. I know it's a little bit of a boring answer, but, you know, you have your ups and downs. But just when you're married, it just feels like you, you make more of an effort for those things to not get out of hand. That's what I will say, you know, um, like because as you as you spend more time together and you grow and you maybe start a family and have mortgages, like more stresses and pressures come into your life but you um you know you just try to you try to remember why you got together in the first place and uh you know what you what you're building together and it's not a smooth path but um but it's always more rewarding when you uh when you do it with a partner who's been there and um, been through some of those ups and downs with you as you as you go through life so um you know it's a i don't know not i wouldn't say one thing specifically just just that um over time you really feel like you've um you know you're building up something together as a team and you know sometimes you have to sacrifice and compromise and sometimes they have to and um and that's just what makes things i think work well, I learned that I didn't make a mistake. I think that's what I learned after one year of uh, of marriage. <laughs> we liked each other, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think um, I agree with with you, Skeets. It's if you didn't live with the person, you right. may learn some of their habits. They keep some part of their house, their part of their life, messy or something like that. They're gross. Like the shower curtain, like a shower, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but generally. It's called the honeymoon period for a reason. That first year, you're, you're laughing. Everything's great. Everything's rosy. We're happy. It's year two, three, four, five. That's when things change. JD, what about you? Yeah, same same here. I was with Rachel for seven years before we got married. We lived together. We knew all of our little our little annoying habits. And, right. you know, it's been, what, uh, I've been with her for 23 years. So looking back on that first year, it's just like, I don't know. I'm learning new <laughs> things about her every day, it seems, uh, in quarantine. Like, she's a slob, like straight up messiest person I've ever met. And I'm reminded of it every day. So, but I love it. <laughs> oh, that's nice. All right. And it's just a quick pinky tea tumor update. She's yeah. retiring at the end of her term. I saw her on the ballot. Her seat is now um, up for election for the that, coming year. Yeah, I actually did know that as well. Mm-hmm. I know. What a what a run. What a what an absolute fantastic <laughs> run. Pinky tea tumor. One of the best names uh, out there, I think. But uh, yeah, happy trails to her. I thought it was right, a man next. for some reason. Yeah, so no. I don't know why. Maybe because maybe because of Night Court Harry T. Stone made yeah. me think it would be a myth. All right, next one. Y'all ready for this one? I like the way you shoot it. No dunkity. I gotta lay it up. <laughs> nah, whatever. This is the email. I'm reading an email right now. No dunks. Lifelong Nets fan and fan of the pods for the last few years. As a Nets fan, it pained me when Tass completely shut down any chance the Nets would have against Toronto. And as we heard in a recent interview with Mark Spears, Kevin Durant is definitely not playing in Orlando. While Tass may not be wrong, it still sucks to hear it, but let's forget this year for a second and look towards the future. Assume Katie looks similar to his old self and Kyrie comes back healthy and the Nets do not make a trade for Beal or a third star. Where would you rank them? This is from Jeff in New York, South Hempstead, New York. Uh, what, do you, what do you think, Tass? Why don't you go first because he's addressing you here. Yeah, I think uh, myself and every other Raptors fan breathed a sigh of relief when KD came out with that interview with Mark Spears and said, no way I'm coming back because obviously 
way different scenario of Kevin Durant's there. And highly unlikely Kyrie Irving is coming back. Either he had surgery in March, four to six months out. Doesn't make sense that he'll be back. So I think they'll both they'll both chill together until they come back. But KD is one of the top couple players in the league. It's so easy to forget how great he is. But uh, I think he'll come back just as great. I know it's it's a tough injury, but he also had a foot injury earlier in his career. That old Jones fracture in the foot that people were wondering, can a seven-footer come back from that? Uh, so along with Kyrie, I, I think they're still behind the top three in the East Bucks, Raptors, and Celtics, they're in that group, I think, with uh, the second-tier group, the Heat, Pacers, and Sixers. Those are 50-win-type teams, and I think I might be underestimating their uh, supporting cast of Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, if they come back. If those guys overachieve, maybe they can join the Raps, Celtics as 55-win team. So I think they're in that 50-55-win to range, but I think they're behind the Bucks, and uh, I still think they're behind the Raps and the Celtics. But uh, looking forward to one of the best basketball players coming back in full form next year yeah on paper i think the nets obviously have a fantastic lineup there obviously we don't know their coach yet but until we see Kyrie and kd together it's really hard to sort of put them in the super elite of that eastern conference because it might work and if it does then the nets are incredible but if it doesn't and we know that both of those guys have had issues at times playing with other superstar teammates and if that does if things go south from there then uh the nets it maybe maybe doesn't pan out but uh certainly if you're a nets fan you'd have to be pretty excited right now because you've got these star players on your team um they're going to both have a lot of rest before whenever next season starts and the key is though who their coach is and 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 how they respond to him and how that coach is able to sort of get the boast out of the best out of both of them i mean like a phil jackson you know when he was there with the bulls uh, and then with the lakers he was able to get the best out of those superstar teams and not all coaches have been able to do that so i think that's going to be uh, interesting to see who it is but Overall, you have to feel that uh, the Nets, even even if they do have some issues there with their roster, just because of the sheer talent they have, they're going to be one of the top four teams in the East uh, at worst. Yeah, I got them basically as the Eastern Conference Houston Rockets. It'll probably look strange at the beginning, uh, just like it did when Westbrook joined James Harden. But, you know, the talent of those two guys and the coaching of Mike D'Antoni and the supporting players they had around them, eventually they figured out a way to maximize everybody's talents. And I just imagine that's probably what would happen uh, with the Nets as well whenever KD and Kyrie are healthy. It's just a matter of tiers then. I'm with you, Tass. The Bucks are alone in tier one what's in your tier two i guess that's probably up to you i would put the nets up there with the raptors and the celtics just a little bit ahead of philly miami and indiana uh 100 agree i mean you uh you talked about it in the last question we had you call it the honeymoon phase that's what this is gonna be it's gonna be great in my in, in theory for for a year or so and uh it's the possibility especially with a guy like Kyrie, as the years go on that that uh, maybe relationship can fracture a little bit but year one these guys are uh, especially coming back from injury. Hopefully, both of them, and hopefully healthy. They're going to be uh, they're going to be dominant, and they're going to be loving each other. And uh, I think they'll be a damn impressive team. Now, yeah, who's coaching it? Sounds like the front runner is Ty Lue. Um, you know, nothing official yet, but it sounds like he might be the guy that they pick, uh, having success with LeBron and Kyrie in Cleveland. You could see why that would make sense. So, yeah, I think uh, exactly what you guys said. Top four. I start to think. I think with a bang, actually, in the first year. It depends on how how KD looks after uh, the injury, but I'm I'm banking on he's going to be pretty damn healthy. So, you know, he looked good in that Coach jersey when he was taking jumpers in a gym. So uh, that's enough for me. So, yeah, I think they're uh, among the elite in the Eastern Conference is the easiest way for me to put it, for sure. Yeah, and I hope we see. I hope they gel really, really well just so we could see another great team. And I think, I'm guessing Kyrie's kind of, 
I think they do. Again, right away, I think it'll be harmonious, yes. Well, they were theoretically planning their union at the All-Star Game in 2019, and they're finally going to get to play together almost at All-Star Break 2021. Two years, you know, of wanting to actually play together, I imagine they'll give each other a little bit of leeway. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, though, you know, that first time there's a game winner and someone's got to take that last shot because, you know, both guys want the ball. You know, Kevin Durant definitely wants a ball in his hand if the game's on the line. And Kyrie's pretty, he's proven he's got a pretty good track record doing it as well. So that that's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic works. I mean, if they work together, great. But if there's that sort of like, you know, this is my team, I get the shot. That's the sort of thing that could cause some friction between them. So interesting to see. All right. Next email here. Good morning, sweet, crossed out, dry wine. Interesting. I have always appreciated your basketball talk, but even more so, I appreciate you using your platform to amplify social concerns. I think you've done an excellent job continuing the conversation, even without basketball being played. So, thank you. On to my question. It's my brother Ethan's birthday today, and I haven't gotten him a gift yet. My brother was the person to get me hooked listening to your podcast way back as the Basketball Jones. He loves wine. Oh, now I get it. <laughs> so I think I'm going to sign him up for a wine subscription service and act like I waited till the day of to preserve the surprise. Skeets, any suggestions or promo codes I should use? Also, I'd like to know what is the best clutch gift you have ever given or received when the shot clock is running down. That's from Thomas L. Yeah, um, no, unfortunately I don't have any more promo codes to give because I was with Wink, the wine delivery service, uh, for a long time. Really, really enjoyed the service, but uh, you know, when you start thinking about buying a house, uh, this was a couple months ago, you gotta start cutting some costs, you know? Got that mortgage coming your way, you said that, Lee, you don't need that stress in your life, it's already gonna be stressful. So uh, we started cutting some things and uh, unfortunately Wink was cut. Um, because I used to have a ton of promo codes with it. You're right. If you use the thing, you could fire them out. Anytime I would email them out or tweet them out, oh, man, they would get snatched up. So I would I would recommend, Thomas, for Ethan's birthday uh, that you look into Wink, but I'm sure there's other ones as well. Um, as for the second part, the real question, the clutch gift, um, I'll go with one I received when the shot clock was winding down. I was talking to Nora about this last night because I couldn't think of anything that I had given her um, all that impressive in the last minute. But she said... She said it was like 06 or 07, so way before we were married, but together, um, that she bought a last minute trip to Dublin, Ireland for me, for my birthday. And it was last minute because, you know, she's like watching the, the, the flight prices and like trying to see if they're going to dip down and doing the whole tracker thing. And it's like getting pretty close to my birthday and like a day or two out. She finally and she wasn't 100 percent convinced. She's like, should I do it? Should I not? This is when we were uh, definitely not making money to be taking trips to Dublin. But uh, she knew I really wanted to go. And so, uh, yeah, she came through in the clutch. It was an awesome birthday gift. And we went uh, a little bit later that year for really just a weekend to uh, Dublin. I know you hate Dublin, Lee, but I, had a, I did have a fun time. No, it was, it was great. It was great. So that's a great gift. Yeah, yeah no, that is a fantastic gift. I mean, that's, that's a big time because, you know, you're getting on a plane. That's perfect. I'm actually going to find out on Monday, next Monday, if my clutch gift uh, comes through because it's my wife's birthday <laughs> and, uh, and and it was Mother's Day, like, what, I don't know, five weeks ago or something like that. It's always a close uh, mix from, you know, Mother's Day to her birthday. So I've got to get sort of two good presents back to back. There's a lot of pressure on now. I do a lot of Shutterfly stuff because, I you know, she's got jewelry and clothes and, you know, so I'm like, I need to find something different. So this year, 
finally, an ad on Instagram may have paid off because um, it one came through with these um, really... You um, got her a Canon camera. You're going <laughs> to shave your balls. <laughs> no, they're these really um, delicate uh, uh, Japanese ice creams, right? It's called, it's called Moki Doki, I think. <laughs> right now... <laughs> She loves ice cream. She loves ice cream. Like, like in, in our fa- in our family, it's like my two boys, ice cream, and then me with her. Like that's her <laughs> rankings. No, no question, no question. <laughs> now these um, these mochi should buy her a cow. <laughs> I'm very excited because they're getting delivered like in the next day or so. So I have, to, but they're frozen ice cream. So I have to find a way to sort of sneak them and hide them in the freezer. That's going to be tough. That's gonna, the quarantine is going to be very tough. But there um there's some um you know. I'm hoping this pays off is what I'm trying to say. Like, I, I, think, I think it will. Like, when Write I, the when story I, while the ice cream's in the mail. <laughs> when, um, when I see her, when, when, on, when Monday comes, I'm going to say, because like, I've got her some other Shutterfly stuff, some photos with the boys and me and stuff. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I've seen all this. But I say, here's, here's, the, big, here's the big present So what's, right here. what's special about this ice cream? This Japanese um, ice cream, anything, or is it just a brand that's popular? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, so they're 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 really small, and I'll, I'll list off some of the flavors I got here. That actually, when, okay. I, when I look at it, these flavors aren't going to knock your socks off. You've heard them all before, but there's there's passion fruit, there's matcha, there's Thai tea, raspberry crunch, um, black right. sesame, red bean, vegan lychee. Hmm, that one's going to be interesting. So you anyway. got all of these? It's like a sample thing. Yeah, there's a sample pack, twenty four mm. for sixty bucks. So, um, oh wow, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, if I go wrong with this, if she doesn't like it, then I'm I'm absolutely out of ideas. I got nothing left for the next forty years. <laughs> that's a great idea. I hope it works out. Keep us so posted. do I. So do I. You'll find out. Well, I guess not next Monday because that's her birthday. The, the 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 next beach after that, we'll find okay. out. Okay, okay. I think there's some something similar to those in a freezer at Buford Highway at the supermarket. There, there's a little uh. The Japanese little freezer, and I'm confident it's something like this. Anyways, yeah. I'm taking a look here at the Mokidokis. Yeah. You do the Mokidoki and you order them from the mail, and hopefully you got a happy wife. And hopefully it doesn't melt. <laughs> yeah, see, like that's the thing. When I'm looking at looking at the names of the flavors, like the actual pictures look way better than the name. The names are pretty simple. Salted caramel. I was like, okay. But that's always a good one, so you know. And so you saw this, you saw this on an Instagram ad? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Finally wow. an Instagram ad that I clicked on and uh, and then I purchased. So, yeah, I mean, they're one for 8,000 Instagram ads. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Tass, Trey, JD, you guys got an answer? Uh, we go to a friend's cabin every summer, uh, me and like four or five guys, depending on the year. And one of the biggest events is the T-shirt draft on the second night we're there. I had ordered um, a full face – a full – shirt print front and back of one of our friends faces like gigantic but then i found out it wasn't going to be delivered until after we had gotten back from our trip so i had to come up with a shirt on the fly at the time we were in las vegas for summer league and it was the year that the guy who was the voice of nba jam came through tim kitzrow and he was just you know dropping nba jamisms left and right boom shakalaka so he eventually gave us some shirts, and I co-opted one of those shirts, brought it with me to the island, and introduced it to the t-shirt draft, where it was a huge success, because I was smart enough on the two days we had prior to the t-shirt draft to just say boom shakalaka so many times that it became kind of a catchphrase for the weekend. I inceptioned this catchphrase into them, just boom shakalaka, so that when the shirt finally came out, it was a huge success. 
Wow, smart. I, I'm trying to picture the shirt. Did I get one too? Like, did he hand them to oh, us? Oh, this was a gigantic shirt, Skeets. Oh, We're talking we full boom shakalaka. This might have been like a 3XL. Uh, but, you know, with, with words that big, you got to have a big shirt. He's eating up. <laughs> He's eating chips. <laughs> My story's not as good, but it, it felt clutch. A uh, couple days before Christmas, 2009, trying to buy my sif- sister a gift. Uh, she likes to laugh, so I bought her some tickets to a uh, comedy club, Miss Saga. Yuck, yucks. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Oh, yeah. So, so um, but it's a couple days before. This is before the era of, uh, you know, digital ticket on an app. So I, I wanted the physical ticket. And so uh, Yuck, Yucks and Miss Saga, it's a far drive from Toronto. So, um they told me, you know, you can come get them, but we can't mail them to you. They're not going to get to you by Christmas. But we do have a third-party vendor. Maybe they can do something for you in the city. Contacted them. Met somebody in downtown Toronto. I put on my camel coat. It was a very cold day in, in Toronto. And I, uh, I met someone in Toronto who handed me physical tickets at Union Station. It was great. Huge, huge clutch move. Didn't have to go to Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. Didn't have a digital app. Didn't have to draw a a ticket myself boom wow. everybody's happy and everybody's yucking it up that's the true clutch yeah <laughs> you do want <laughs> you do want when you're giving tickets or even when you get them let's be honest you want to see the tickets you want to hold the tickets i'm with you like you know i've had it before too where i've probably done it and received it where it's like you know the little uh, someone writing you here are two tickets coming to see this show yeah, it's like it's just not the same. No. Good call, Tash. Yeah, way to make that effort is my point. I, I like that. Mm-hmm. JD? Yeah, all this talk of clutch made me remember my uh, my brother got me a, a half day at the Bridgestone Racing Academy where I was slamming a clutch for half a day <laughs> in a 170-horsepower Van Diemen uh, race car, basically. And it was awesome, man. Unfortunately, that the, the, the school closed uh in in 2019 but man that was a great day so fun <laughs> just racing those cars you really truly do love that day because you t- you like you can hear it in your voice every time you talk about it <laughs> how happy you were it's good times good memories excellent all right we got a lot more questions still to tackle but before we do a quick word from our sponsor warning this ad contains mild language which some viewers may find disturbing listeners discretion is advised. Sunday scaries aren't scary. They're the opposite. They are specially formulated CBD gummies with vitamins that are super consumable and easy to take wherever you may find yourself during this scary time. The specially formulated CBD products can help you with quieting your mind, concentrating on what matters, and straight chilling. We're doing a lot of that these days. And right now, you can get 25% off your first order with the code NODUNKS at sundayscaries.com. That's 25% off your first order at sundayscaries.com by entering code NODUNKS, where it asks for a coupon code on the checkout page. Find out what product might be best for you. Go to sundayscaries.com and use code NODUNKS. Okay, next one. Hey, no Dunkirks. Big fan of your show. I've been watching since 2015 and your starters days. I work for an airline in the Philippines, and a few years ago, when I was checking in people, there was a customer a couple counters over who looked like Eric Gordon, but I didn't think it was him. 
James Harden was in the country for a couple of days, but I did not know Eric Gordon came with him. It seemed unlikely. Anyway, only later did I find out that it was the real Eric Gordon, and he did come with Harden. How could I miss the opportunity to meet the guy? To be fair, he was alone with no bodyguards, and he had been injured for a couple of years prior, so it's likely that nobody recognized him, including me. Question is, when was the last time you guys mistook an NBA player for someone else? Thanks, guys. That's from AJ in Manila. Shout out to the Philippines. Diehard basketball country. Lee, what do you got? You mistook an NBA player? Yeah, I'm actually going to wonder if Trey remembers this as well. I think it was our first summer league, and we were just sitting in the Thomas and Mack Center, and I thought I saw D Brown standing down in that that end area and you were like nah that's not him and I'm like I'm pretty sure that's D Brown and you were like nah anyway the guy sort of was looking over at us and then he eventually walked over and he walked past us and it was Phil Hubbard former NBA player but oh, yeah. absolutely not D Brown <laughs> <laughs> you remember Trey <laughs> no I don't remember not seeing D Brown <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, they so, did. So Trey saved you. Trey saved you. Maybe some embarrassment. Like, well, man. yeah. The thing is, he had his name tag on. So if I'd oh. gotten close, I probably oh. wouldn't have gone up and just said, you know, like like covered the eyes and stuff like that, and done a dunk <laughs> or anything. I would have just said, oh yeah, it's pumped up your Reeboks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, along with everybody else in the world, confuse the Kings. Kent Bazemore. Yeah, he's on the Kings now. Uh, for Chance the Rapper. Everybody does it, but not now because uh, I've got a scoop here, a basketball scoop. It's huge, huge scoop. Mm-hmm. Call me Sham Sharanya because uh, last week I went to the Atlanta Botanical Gardens. Don't worry, I was safe. Everybody in my family, very safe. We're outdoors, and I saw Kent Bazemore along with mm, his fam. Wow. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't bother him along with his fam, Sam, and their son, Jet. Why do I know everybody's name? I do. Uh, but um, they were in Atlanta last week, so now he's got to go down to Orlando and play for the Sacramento Kings. I guess the scoop is he wasn't in Sacramento playing wow. at the facility there. So is Kent going to be in game shape? Who the heck knows? All I know is that he's got a really big beard, so he did not look like Chance the Rapper whatsoever. I'm surprised you didn't say hi to him. We've had him on the show before. Yeah, but it's also you. this this time. I mean, yeah, you, that's true. You don't say, want to hey, going up. You know me. I know you. <laughs> you know, yeah, from a right. distance, we can't really fist bump. We shouldn't right. be. But all precautions were taken. Everybody's safe. Kent's safe. Sam's safe. Jet's safe. I'm safe. Danielle's safe. We're all safe. Good. Good. Trey. Uh, yeah, one time uh, I saw Phil Hubbard, but my friend was convinced <laughs> that it was D Brown. <laughs> <laughs> who hey who was um who was with me this may have been correct me if i'm wrong it may have been pre lee and trey so jd and tass you might remember we were at some all-star weekend and we were doing something like we were walking somewhere to get ready to record something i don't know and like there was suddenly like this big like whoa yeah like what's going on look at this who's this over here and it was I think what I think it was an NBA player, but everybody thought it was a different NBA player. Does this story ring a bell? Was it Chris Bosch or Serge oh, Ibaka? Yeah, or something? it was Serge Ibaka walking down the street in mm. Los Angeles, like 2012, I think. Um, is that when it was? I don't know, but it was definitely <laughs> Serge Ibaka because we heard somebody yell from across the street, "Hey, are you Chris Bosch?" Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. I have the right names. Yeah. That that makes more sense. And it was Ibaka, and and there was a couple people who were like it started to like gain steam that it was Bosch. <laughs> <laughs> Which was really weird. We're like, no, that's not Bosch, but okay. All-Star weekends are notorious for this, by the way. Um, 
and mm. summer league for that matter because oh, yeah. there's just so many players and then you're like oh i think i know that person oh i don't <laughs> i don't know maybe yeah yeah i had a nice flashback of seeing uh Dr. J on the street at, at an All-Star Weekend when I was looking or oh, thinking yeah. about this question. Mm-hmm. That was cool. in New Orleans, wasn't it? Yeah, it was New Orleans, yeah. yeah. Coolest oh, so mother then... in the world. Like, man, he's, this is the coolest dude hanging out. He's 60 years old, can still dunk <laughs> way back then. The coolest. All right, next one here. Hey, No Dunks crew. I was listening to your pod the other day and advertising for manscaping came on. The YouTube commercials are absolutely hilarious, and I'm debating whether or not I should buy. I feel that my manscaping is under control, but hearing you guys talk about certain products over the years always gives it a bump for me. My question, have you ever bought a product based on the hilarity of the advertisement? Closest thing for me was choosing the doctor to perform my vasectomy. Shout out to all those snip dads out there. And here's the shout out to Dr. J in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada has some sports radio ads that were the deciding factor. Love the show and thank you for the BLM podcast. It inspired me to have those uncomfortable conversations with my black friends and we are closer for it. That's from Judd in Kenora, Ontario. P.S. Got my red No Dunks t-shirt in the mail. A little snug. But that's mostly likely to the COVID-15. <laughs> Trey, you got an answer for this one? Yeah, a product uh, that I bought based on the hilarity of the advertisement. And I would imagine 99% of its sales were based on the hilarity of its advertisement. The shake weight. Did anybody ever buy a shake weight to work out with? Or was it just for white elephant gift exchanges or a gag gift yeah. for your buddies or a stunt on a TV show? I don't think there's anybody out there getting their fitness on with the shake weight, but a lot of laughs have been had for sure. So where, do you still have it or? No way. Um, no. That's the crazy thing. I feel like um, at some point in your life, you'll own a shake weight as a joke from a friend. And at some point in your life, you will give a shake weight to your friend as a joke, you know, uh, each one teach one kind of thing. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. I've never had one. I, I look I look forward to the day where I am gifted a shake weight. Uh, I know your birthday's coming in not too long, buddy. Uh, I can't wait. Give me the tiniest one. I'm weak. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't have an answer for this, so somebody else could go. Yeah. I, um, I was in London when I was like 21, and I was staying with my brother who'd been there for a couple of years by now. And uh, it was summer, and I was out walking on the street, and all of a sudden this guy like just sort of pulled out this box, and he had he was selling all this uh, men's cologne, like you know Hugo Boss and um, Davidoff Cool Water and all this stuff. And he's like, Cheap, cheap deals right now, three three for 40 pounds, three bottles for 40 pounds. And that stuff's like, you know, 35 pounds each. And I was like, three for four? Like, are you kidding me? And they were all boxed properly. And I'm like, oh, my God, have my, take my money, take my money. So I got back to my brother's apartment and uh, and he goes, how's your day? I said, oh, you wouldn't believe what I just picked up. Look at this. And I start pulling him out and showing him. And he's like, you're not serious, are you? And I said, yeah, I know, I know. Unbelievable, wasn't it? He goes, open the boxes. And I'm like, why? He goes, just open the boxes. So I open up, and sure enough, it was like just some fake cologne. He goes, if you spray that onto you, you'll probably end up in hospital. So tip it down the sink right now. <laughs> Lee, there is nothing you oh. love more than buying products off oh, the street. Exactly. Cologne, yeah. ribs. Yeah. I know. I probably should be a little more careful when I'm consuming the product. But, you know, I was young at the time. I thought, I've just picked up a deal, man. I'm just like, oh, I've cleaned oh, up here. Sucker. Oh, sucker. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I've been I've been hit a few times on the street for sure, for sure, no doubt about it. <laughs> You're an easy mark. Yeah, I am. I am. I it's it. like, yeah, I mean. You know, it happens when you're vulnerable, you're on holidays, and you're like, you got cash to burn. Well, you think you have anyway. <laughs> well, I asked Danielle uh, for this answer, as we, we all do, huh? We ask our, uh, our lovely wives that are the vaults of our lives. So uh, she, I had no answer. Uh, she, she, then she told me that what she just bought, and I was furious for a second. And then I've come around to it. You know, we've all dropped something in between our car seat and the middle console and so it slips down to the floor of the car wherever you know you drop your phone in there she just told me that she bought it's like a compartment that you slide in there in between so it doesn't fall all the way down oh wow that's off uh shark tank i think she got that (laughs) i'm pretty sure that was um that might have been um, Laurie, maybe. Cause, oh, um, God. He remembers the episode. Well, I, I do remember it because I think they got a really good deal out of it. Uh, well, do you remember the name yeah. of the tassie? No, I don't remember. It must yeah. have a great name. It must have a catchy oh, name, right? Like yeah. you gotta, It's a long time ago, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that was a, uh, a deal that she had a couple of different options um, as well. Ooh. I think she went with Laurie, but I, I'm not sure about it. It's just, I think it's called the car seat gap filler i mean some stupid yeah. name no, like just that. pretty straightforward straight drop yeah. stop maybe oh okay oh, see good. now we're talking that's good i like yeah. that yeah so you so, didn't like it you didn't like it at first but you've sort of sounds like you've come around a little bit Tess. car seat caddy catcher yeah i just thought it's an idiotic thing to buy <laughs> you know but at the same time maybe it'll sit because i have been dropping my phone recently it's been oh, sliding really? down what a pain in the butt so hmm yeah so I have a question. Like, is it going between the two seats in the front, or is it going to the left of you if you're the driver? You know what I mean? Like, I assume it's going between the two seats. No, yeah. No? Well, between it's really between yeah between the two seats. But you've usually got something in between your seat and the middle. There's a console in the middle. Console, yeah. But then there's a gap, so it fills the gap. It fills the gap right uh, there on your right. Usually, it's on your right. We're all holding our phones with our right hand. Uh, <laughs> so that's where. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it was, um, it was Laurie Grenier in 2013. <laughs> oh, my God. What's yeah. it called? It's called the Drop Stop, yeah. Oh, oh wow. What a name. One. Wow. Yeah, yeah. 8,900 8, reviews, 4.7 out of 5 stars. Looks yeah. like mm. a good product. Oh, yeah. so we may have accidentally sold some Drop Stops because we had the podcast called The Drop, and people may have been searching for that. <laughs> and then they were like, oh, what's this? Oh, this is sort of cool. This is a good yeah. idea. Catch yeah, French some. fries in there. Catch a lot of things. Oh, man. All right. Um, Can't wait. JD, do you have anything? No, not really. I'm looking at this drop stop, and I think I'm going to pull the trigger on it. Wow. How do you know? Like, my only concern is, like, how does it... Does one size fit all? I mean, these gaps are all yeah. different in every car. I don't really get that part. Maybe it expands. Yeah. It expands, somehow. I guess. I it must. Yeah, I think it is pretty um, standard, from what I remember. Um, the gap is standard. Yeah. Well, wow. the, the way that the way that it sort of fits in there. Yeah, I, oh, man, it's a it piece was, of plastic that kind of provided the gap in. between a car's center console and seat is less than three and a half inches. The drop shot stop should fit. However, some cars like the BMW M3 and the Volkswagen Jetta don't have enough space in the gap. See, see, oh, wow, 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 wow. This is amazing. Wow. Learning, wow. learning, all right. Next one. My favorite crazy NBA fact is that Yao Ming was drafted one year before LeBron James. Wow, oh man, somebody fact check that. That's, that is incredible. 
What is your favorite hard to believe fact? NBA or otherwise, I'm looking at you, JD, <laughs> says Rich in Salt Lake City. Um, I guess he's ho- he's hoping probably for a non-NBA fact. Okay. JD, do you have one? Why don't you go first if you've got one? Well, uh, my kids come to me with things that they say that are... That they just say is fact, and I find myself uh, googling them, right? <laughs> right? Because I'm like, that cannot be true. And these are the three, the three. Th- I went back in my Google history to just to see what I've, I've checked on because I didn't actually. It sounds kind of right, but maybe not. Right. Number one, an octopus has nine brains. Right. I'm like, no. Is that true? <laughs> that can't be true. It is true. Wow. Uh, one brain for the head and eight brains for each tentacle. Okay. Wow. Number two, the head will remain conscious 15 to 20 seconds after it's been decapitated. This is something my son said to me, and I was yeah. like, really? Because that doesn't, I mean, I guess it's plausible. Plausible, yeah. It, it, Googled it. It is true. And there are certain kinds of tumors that can grow their own teeth and hair. I looked Ew. it up. That is true. Oh. They are called teratomas, I believe. Um but this is a, it's a non-stop <laughs> just facts that they will just say randomly and that, that I will go, uh, what? No, that couldn't be. <laughs> and I Google it and it is. And I don't know where they get this information from. They, they read a lot. And I was going to say, they read a ton. They do, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, there you go. There's three. So all three of those, true. Wow. Okay. Apparently. I mean, I, I'll take it back to the NBA. There's two. There's one that I learned today. It was amazing. Right before we sat down to record, I saw it on Twitter. Um, I didn't have time to fact check it, but I'm going to believe the Ball is Life Twitter account. I didn't know Kanye West was in attendance for LeBron's decision. Um, And apparently he fell asleep while waiting for the decision. (laughs) That's just a great little fact. I hope to God it's true. Again, Ball is Life Twitter account. I I had no clue he was there when uh, LeBron was taking his talents to South Beach. The other one, this is all for all my Raptors fans out there. I know Tassie knows this. I know all you guys know this. And I'm sure Raps fans do because we've talked about it before. We've shared it before. To this day, I still can't believe that Leo Routens is older than our guy Jack Armstrong. <laughs> it just blows my mind. It's, it's, it's unbelievable in the truest sense yeah. of the word, but it is true um, that Leo is older yeah. than Jack. That's amazing. And Leo is somehow getting younger as oh, time I know. goes by and Jack's getting older. It's, it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It's Benjamin it Button sense. sort of syndrome right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love that one. What about uh, Tass? You got a hard to believe fact? Well, I've been thinking a lot about golf considering it's the only sport we can really play these days, you know? Oh, maybe a little tennis. But um, I saw this stat about golf that, it's estimated a professional golfer has a 1 in 12,000 chance to hit a hole in one during a round of golf. I thought that's bogus. Like, that's way too high. Like, maybe 1 in 100, you know? 1 in 12,000, and to hit two hole-in-ones is like 1 in 47 million or something wow. like that. It just doesn't sound right, but <laughs> I guess it's right. Are you questioning like, a professional you- golfer on a par 3 could jam one, 1 in a thousand even a thousand times uh, are you questioning kim jong-un the day he had like eight holes in one on that round? <laughs> come on kim jong-un had the perfect round dennis rodman saw it it's true oh that's good uh lee you got a fact uh, uh, i still can't quite 
believe how those huge luxury yacht liners are able to park so smoothly and so comfortably, you know? Like when they come into dock, it's like, how do they do that so precisely? Like, that's incredible to me. How they don't sink for one is my first uh, hard to believe fact. But then when they park it, it's like, man, because it's not like a plane where you're coming down in the air. Like the water's always moving around and it's like... They nailed that all the time. It's pretty impressive. Well, not all the time, unfortunately. Well, that's, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't you see that? You know, you see these huge, huge things and they're like, they've got to nail it in that space and they and they hit it every time. Well, you know, 98% of the time. Yep. Okay. That's a fascinating fact to go with. Trey, you got one? Yeah, fact. Buoyancy is surprisingly strong. I can't disagree with you. To see a city block just floating through the ocean, it is oh, amazing. Crazy. Uh, hard to believe fact, Shaquille O'Neal, the first ever verified Twitter user. Mm. Oh, that's a good like, one. Yeah, remember Shaq was like one of the first celebrities to come on Twitter, and it was back when, uh, prior obviously to verification, so his name had to be the real Shaq because there was fake Shaqs and people acting like Shaqs oh, yeah. out here, but you know, he was the real Shaq. Eventually, uh, he got his blue check mark, and the game was changed. Yeah, that's a fact he can tout to this day. <laughs> wow. Tout, tout, wow. wow. He was, he was, I didn't get that at <laughs> first. I did not get that at first. Well played, though. Remember T-O-U-T? <laughs> yep. Were, those, yep. were they four-second videos? Or maybe a minute. I don't know. They're short videos. People are like, four seconds, way too short. But Vine, six seconds, we are in. Whoa. That's the sweet spot. That is the sweet spot. All right, next one here. Ayo. I bought my son a Nintendo Switch on Black Friday last year for $300, and we have Mario Kart and Super Smash Bros. As JD mentioned, it's awesome to play together. I also bought Animal Crossing, and I absolutely love it. Long story short, you are responsible for turning a deserted island into a luxury living community. You can also play with multiple players, so my son and I live on the same island and collect resources together to build furniture. What's frustrating is that you can never play alone gotta play with someone my son can hear the sound of the game from what seems like miles away as soon as i turn it on i can hear the running of his tray sized feet coming from across the house (laughs) oh man that was a cult never visiting this guy's island (laughs) yeah uh 10 for 10 out of 10 would buy again now to my question i don't care about the format for the nba return and i don't care how bad the games are i am so excited to have it back what sucks is that I live 10 minutes away from Disney and I won't be able to see my favorites in action live. When in your life did you have something so exciting in your hometown but you couldn't attend? Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. That's from Basile in Orlando. Sounds like he's got to get himself a, a cutout. Mm-hmm. Put $30 down and get yourself in the stands there. Um, yeah, I've got a good answer to this, I think. Uh, I'm not sure if I've ever talked about it on the podcast, but I think you guys might get a kick out of this. It happened every year in Stratford, so I'm actually surprised I never saw it with my own eyes in person. But Stratford's Swan Parade. Mm. Yes, this was a thing. Each year, 20 swans would make their annual pilgrimage from the city's winter swan house towards the river, the Avon River, to nest. And they would make this into a big deal in Stratford. It was like basically a mini festival. There'd be food trucks and jugglers and performers and then people would like line the sides of the streets while these swans um march down a couple roads into the water (laughs) i never went to it 
Um, again, I, I, I almost regret that I didn't because I wish I saw it just once. But I found this Globe and Mail article about the Stratford Swan Parade that I wanted to read to you guys. It was so good. Quote, if they had any idea that their celebrity had waned, the swans weren't showing it. Instead, they jostled for prime position by the gate, bobbing up and down and grunting anxiously. As soon as the bagpipers began to play, and after a moment of stunned silence as the door swung open, Nick and Lacey were the first out of the gate. Lacey led the parade, strutting proudly past the camera phone-wielding crowds. Oh, hi, babies! A woman cooed as they passed. I've missed you guys! I'll stop there, but the article went on. And so this was a real thing. It still happens. I believe it's lost a lot of its fanfare. I think uh, now they don't do like this big like. Don't tell the swans, man. Don't yeah, tell the swans. Yeah. We don't want they, to see them affected. I guess they still have the bagpipers. Um, so that part's cool. But yep. Swan Parade. That's my answer. Never saw it. And I probably never will. <laughs> but uh, good on Nick and Lacey for being first out of the gate. <laughs> Oh, hi, babies. <laughs> oh, hi, baby. That bird made me die. Oh, hi, babies. People love the swans in Stratford. They really, really do. They're scary, by the way. Uh, our home, our parade in Plano uh, was a small town parade. It was called Hometown Days, and it was the same sort of thing, Skeets, right? Like, there would be a small parade through the town, and then food trucks, and elephant ear stands, that kind of thing. And the only time I can remember them ever having a special guest... The special guest was billed as the last living munchkin from The Wizard of Oz. I was like, we got this person to ride <laughs> on a float through the Plano Hometown Days Parade. Um, but I never got to see that last living munchkin. And that's the oh. only time I can remember something exciting happening in my hometown. And I didn't get to see it. Wow. <laughs> Do you think, uh, does the parade still happen, Trey, or is it done? No, they moved it to a different hometown. We don't uh, even have our own Hometown Days Parade anymore. Because I was going to say, like, if... That was their get for their uh, parade marshal. Like you could be the parade marshal, like Trey Kirby from the from the Webby podcast. Award-winning podcast yeah, host. Trey yeah, Kirby right? is back, right? uh, maybe in the future. And if so, I'm bringing a Stratford Swan with me so that people can know. <laughs> people love the Swan. Oh hi, babies! <laughs> <laughs> oh hi, Webbies! <laughs> the, Web- the Webby Awards takes on new meaning. Well done. Uh, I can't stop thinking about something in my new hometown, a concert that I won't be able to attend, most likely because I've got tickets for a John Legend concert in August. Mm. Hasn't been canceled yet, mm. so oh. still still waiting to f- waiting for the uh, the memo. But it's at an outdoor venue. Maybe there will be some social distancing rules. Maybe they'll just let you know a third of the people in, and, and then I wonder all these people who have purchased tickets. How are we going to battle it out for these tickets? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's got to be some online way here for us to to have some sort of auction, some sort of draw. Because I feel like an outdoor venue, you got distance between each other, you can make it happen. But who yeah. the heck knows? Yeah, concerts, just concerts in general. Like my man Rick Camla said, when the heck are we going to be able to go to a concert again, man? Because <laughs> Camelot needs to get to his concert. Yeah. Him and Todd will be out moshing somewhere. Yeah, I feel like your chances are good. You're right, Tass, for, for an August outdoor concert. But, uh, yeah, I guess you can't pack the house, in theory. No. Nah, not even then. Not. <laughs> Maybe you should, they, they should have, like, a singing contest or something. Mm. Like, if you, you know, you got to prove... 
you know, how much you know of John Legend's music catalog. <laughs> Tass, you'd be in. You'd be a lock. Yeah, you'd I can going. coo. I can coo. Like that lady with the swans, I can coo. <laughs> uh, what about you, Lee? Yeah, so, um, JD, you might need to cue up the cricket music for this one because, um, oh you know, the oldest rivalry in cricket uh, history is Australia versus England. And oddly enough... In 1882, I think it was in Sunbury, um, they had like one of the first uh, matches in Australia and England, um, I think, now I can't remember the exact story, but it's kind of considered the birthplace of the ashes between Australia and England in Sunbury, right? And so in 1995, they had this like like a match to sort of recognise that, the history of Australia. And so I was like, great, everyone in, in Sunbury was just so hyped up for like over a year as they built up to this. And then um, when that match was scheduled, I was like, great, can't wait, I'm going to go. And then another friend of mine was like, he was going on a trip to uh, Queensland. And he's like, you want to come on this Contiki trip with me? And I'm like, sure. So I booked the tickets, didn't realize like the day that I left was the day this cricket match was going to be on in Sunbury, where the entire cricket world was going to be watching. And I was on a plane, I flew up to Queensland, we had to watch it from a bar. And I was like, I can't believe this one time, like the world of cricket is in Sunbury and I'm in a bar having a few beers watching it. It was like crazy and it'll never happen again ever so there you go great cricket story cool story bro (laughs) (laughs) at least we got to hear the music yeah jd do you have an answer for this uh for me it's tiff uh i've been uh, lucky enough to go to some of the uh like a one-off of events I, i i saw the midnight showing of borat um, but I've always wanted to do the sorry TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival. I've always wanted to do it for real, like just take the whole three weeks and go see as many movies as I can and go sit through all those panels and stuff that I usually would have to watch on uh, uh, Cable 10 community television. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a world-class event in Toronto and I've never actually done it before. And I'm a big movies guy, as you know, so right. uh, uh, TIFF. Would you- JD, would you rather than spend time around Tiff with the celebrities and the Hollywood elite or with just a regular guy in a bar throwing back some wings and having a few beers? <laughs> what? I don't understand the question. <laughs> I guess no one else did I. That's what Cam Stewart used to say about Tiff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling that's what you're referencing, but I wasn't 100% sure. You know what? You can go to sit with these Hollywood elite and go and go to all those fancy parties, or you can just come to a bar and throw down some wings and have a few pints with a real local. <laughs> well, which one you picking, Gene? Oh, I think I'm going to go with the elites because I can throw down wings at any time. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I, I think uh, I saw. I think it was during TIFF. Remember LeBron's documentary? Was it more than a game? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he and he was there. I went. I went to that one the one night. Tiff is fun, but I see. I JD. I don't know. You like you like the idea of like going full on for three weeks. Eh? I think that would that would exhaust me. I yeah. I mean, I just want to do it just once. You know, yeah, just sure. to, just to have said I've done it. And, right, uh, right, right. and you get to see like you're there's usually a Q&A after uh, the premieres and stuff. And you get to see sometimes yeah. a different cut of the movie like they they'll they'll show one cut and then they'll they'll change it based on the reaction and stuff uh, from the theatrical release. And, uh, uh, yeah, they like, showed the puke cut of semi-pro <laughs> and people hated it. <laughs> Has you, it been cancelled uh, for this year already then? I guess so. Uh, if there's talk of it going digital, which is kind of exciting because then I can actually oh, sort attend. of attend it, right? Then, right, yeah. right. So, and that's, um, yeah, you must be really kicking yourself too, JD, because didn't, 
uh, Derek used to work for TIFF, right? So you yeah, he did. Well, that's how I got into, like, I've been to, like I said, like, uh, I saw Capote, I saw Borat and a bunch of others. Um, right. And I actually got to go to some of the parties as well, which was really cool. But, uh, but yeah, I want to do it for the whole, the whole time, you know. Nice, nice. Well, maybe, uh, maybe they'll have us up there. We'll be on a panel doing film <laughs> session or yeah. something like that. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> sure. Let's do it. All right. Final one here before we go. Hello, no Dunkarinos. It was great to hear you all talk about the Mississauga City Center Cornerstone Palladium on last week's Beach Steppin'. Shout out to the 905. A couple of years ago, one of my good childhood friends went through a serious breakup and needed a pick-me-up. Where do we go? Palladium, of course. (laughs) We were 25 at the time, and it was just as good as we remembered from when we were 10. So my question is, what's your go-to activity when you need to cheer up a friend? Turn hips... Doves are wise. Caution. That's from Luke. Giving a shout out to Pladium there, Tass. Um, mm-hmm. But Trey, what's your go-to activity? Circa college, uh, the go-to activity, if anyone and their significant other broke up, we got to get together in room 112 to watch Swingers. Vince Vaughn, <laughs> John Favreau, the guy from Office Space. Uh, you know, it's basically... A movie about bros being friends and getting over breakups. So by the end of the night, you know, you're feeling less bad about yourself and you're telling everybody you're so money. Everybody was so money. And once you're feeling money, then you can take on the rest of the world. I just watched that movie a couple of weeks ago. It, it holds up. I like I it. I would imagine it's still good. Yeah. I mean, Vince Vaughn, like he's been the same character ever since then. And I don't know if it's ever been better than he was in Swingers. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. I too. Let's go to a movie. No particular movie, um, but uh, I, I think I think that's the way to do it. You can have some quiet time. You can have some some talky time, but um, just just a movie for me. You lose yourself, you know. Mm. Hmm. I found uh, an activity that I didn't really know was going to work, but actually has been pretty effective. Is actually going to the driving range and just hitting some golf balls. Because you can really get some uh, you know, energy out there and swing and whack away and you don't have to chase the ball around. It's not like you're playing golf and you, you know, you're frustrated and angry at the end of it. This way you just line up a bucket and whack them and uh, it's, it's, it's a good release, I've found. Sure. So, yeah, it's worked a couple of times. Have you ever but... uh, played Top Golf, Lee? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, what do you think? I mean, it's similar, right? I thought you maybe. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 No, that is good. That is good. I've taken the boys there to play that a couple of times. So, All right. uh, yeah, that, that is, that is a, definitely a great way to enjoy golf without having to, uh, you know, be stuck to on golf. the course for hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, hey, maybe you'll run into Kent Bazemore out there on, uh, yeah. on the driving range. Big yeah. golfer. He is a big uh, golfer. You're right. JD, you got a go to activity? Cheer up a friend? Yeah, you know, just, uh, just take him out drinking. It's, uh, it's it's never failed not once <laughs> no you're right it's a uh, have a bunch of guinness and someone will order a trout dip <laughs> that's exactly right <laughs> <laughs> all right let's let's call it there that's it for us today keep the questions coming though no dunks at the tweet them in at no dunks inc um yeah we'll probably be hitting the beach again a little later this week it's hot in atlanta so get those questions in also really excited for this we're gonna have a special one-on-one podcast tomorrow tuesday with uh, one of the NBA blog fathers, Henry Abbott of True Hoop. We're going to talk to him about the NBA's plan to restart the season and whether that's a really good idea or not. Um, he's had a lot of questions and concerns about restarting this up during the pandemic. So we'll talk to Henry Abbott on tomorrow's podcast. Excited for that. In the meantime, 
Clip of Bros, take us home. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Phil Hubbard is not D. Brown, and D. Brown <laughs> is not Phil Hubbard. Embrace the day, people. <laughs> <laughs>